us online. We want to welcome everyone that's tuning in with us this morning. So grateful to have you on board. Uh, if you're watching us online, I believe God wants to do some good things in this house. Somebody say amen. How many just love that last song we just sang? Oh my gosh, what, a, what an amazing, amazing song. And Carrie, what an amazing word that you shared with us right there. So aren't you grateful for the different ways that God meets us when we need him the most? Aren't you grateful for that? Amen. You know, this morning, just want to kind of throw something out there to you. Uh, maybe you've joined us here at Elevate Ministries over the last year or so. Uh, we, we came out of the, the global pandemic. We actually opened up a little bit earlier than we were allowed to, and uh, broke the law a little bit, which we love to do every once in a while. And um, uh, we kind of opened up a little bit differently, uh, different types of ways that we were being involved in ministry and different things, uh, different things like that. Uh, but we want to get back into some of the things that, that, that we do around here. And one of those things is we have what's called a launch pad luncheon. And uh, what that is, is for people, maybe you've joined our church here in the last little while. And uh, we want to introduce our staff to you, kind of let you know uh, the history, a little bit about the history of our church. Uh, maybe get, give you an opportunity to meet some of our pastor, pastors and, and, and staff members. And find different ways maybe that you can get involved and your gifts can be accelerated here around Elevate Ministries. So... We're going to have one of these. The Launchpad Luncheon is happening the last Sunday of August, August 29th. Right after this service, across the street in the vault, we'll have a, we'll have a, a light lunch prepared for you and just a great time to get together, and, and I'm looking forward to that. And so if, the, if you'd like to be a part of that, there is a sign-up right on the app. So you can go onto the Elevate Ministries app, and you say, we have an app? Yes, we have an app. Uh, you, can, you can search for that in the app store. Just search Elevate Ministries. It'll pop up, or on the back of, of the chairs, there's a, there's a card holder and there's a little scan code for everything about Elevate. That takes you to our Facebook, that takes you to our, our Instagram, uh, our website, all of our music is there, all of our, all of our YouTube videos, all of our this past sermons, our, 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 all that stuff. It's all there, including our app, and you can download that app and follow along. Like today, the message notes are in that app. You can follow along and you can add notes and save those. It's really, really a great, great resource. Uh, so make that note. But you can sign up right there in the app for the Launchpad Luncheon. We'd love for you uh, to be a part of that um, if, if you're new around here. The other thing is we want to thank all of, all of the people that served this past Friday. You went out to the Paramount Conference and uh, kind of held it down for them watching their kids. I know there was, there was a couple hundred kids there, and we had quite a few volunteers that, 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 that helped Julie and the team uh, kind of make, make that possible. That's a blessing for us because our conference is coming up, and they're going to take care of our kids for three nights, all right? So that was a good trade-off, and uh, I just want to thank everyone that participated and helped out with that. And speaking of our conference, we are reimagining our Elevate Church Conference. Traditionally, we've had that conference in the fall of each year, uh, right around October is when we normally host that conference. We're reimagining that, and uh, we're actually going to have that conference. It's gonna be March 25th through the 27th. We're gonna do it in the spring, March 25th through the 27th, 2022, believe it or not, we're already 2000 uh, talking about that. And we have, have actually already secured our guest speaker, our featured speaker for that conference, and I'm not even going to tell you who it is, but I'm going to tell you something. It's going to be a major blessing to us. I'm really, really, really excited and looking forward to that conference. So just kind of save that date, Mark. right there electronically scan that code you can give in an, uh, in an envelope that's on the back of each chair and uh, you can give right there in the giving boxes on your way out I do want to thank every person that participates in giving in giving it, it takes all of us how many know it takes all of us partnering together to do what God's called us to do and so I do want to thank every every faithful giver um, uh, that, that, that participates with finances I think I think of all of us I love the I love the idea of the tithe because because it's fair it's just fair. We all play our part, and, and the job gets done. That's just the way God has, it, God has it worked out. And so thank you to all of you for your giving. Amen. All right, let's get into the message today. Excited to hear from God this morning. I, I, was, I was excited about this past week because 
For about a month, um, our staff has been really kind of split up everywhere. Uh, Bryn and I had been spending literally every single day working out at the North Campus, preparing that building uh, for services. And last week, they had their first service in there. They had the largest crowd that they've had since, since the pandemic. So for over a year and a half, uh, they had the largest crowd at their new facility last Sunday. We can give the Lord praise for that. Really exciting stuff. Uh, but for literally for a month straight, every single day, uh, we were spending all of our time, you know, out there working on that campus. And then I would come home and, and, and work on messages in the night. It's just not a fun way to do life. I'll just be honest with you. And uh, so, so this week was, was special because I made up my mind, I'm not going, I'm not going out there. I'm not, gonna, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not leaving this office. I'm gonna stay right here and I'm gonna work in the office. And, and I really enjoyed air conditioning and uh, just being able to do some of the stuff I, I hadn't had the opportunity to do for a while, which is spend time thinking about our church and imagining what the future could be and what it could look like. And so I started working on our calendars, forecasting uh, a little bit the end of this year, looking toward next year, started sending out invitations for, for, for speakers for our conference, and just really stuff that I really enjoyed doing. And, and as I was doing it, I was working in an office that was really kind of disheveled. First of all, we hadn't been here for a long time. So, um, you know, if you know anything about my office, I don't have a great office. My office is like the boardroom. It's like the central area. So Bryn and Drew have this amazing Star Wars themed office. Like you talk to it and it responds with you know, lights and fog and you have a refrigerator loaded with soda. I mean, it's like a, it's like a, it's like a, a haven, a great creative office. And I, don't, I, don't, I'm, I love the fact that they have that. I just don't have that. I don't have an office like that. Uh, Pastor Carl has a nice little spot where he hears from God and, and Carrie, my wife, she has an office. Cindy, she has her own office. I don't have an office. My office is just kind of like this big room. Uh, no one really cares about it. And so when, when stuff comes, like deliveries come, everything ends up on my desk, which is the, which is the big desk. So this week in my office, uh, while everybody's office is beautiful and wonderful looking and great place to study and, and, and hear from God and be creative, meanwhile, my office has like deliveries all over it, stuff that we didn't want from the, the North Campus uh, old building. We brought it back, it ended up on my desk. So I've got like old lights up on my desk so I've got like cables boxes just just everybody's garbage is in my office meanwhile their office is clean and, and lovely and I'm not trying to say anything about that it's just that that maybe you anyway of our Elevate Student Conference flyers, which is coming up September 24th and 5th. We're having a, the Elevate Conference right here in Orange County. So I'm looking forward to that. Normally we do that in Palm Springs or Phoenix or somewhere else. We're actually doing that right here at Central, September 24th and 5th. And so maybe you're an adult and you said, I've never been able to go. Now's your opportunity. We'll, we'll just let you, we're gonna let you in. We're gonna let you in just to hang out with us. It'll be fantastic, September, September 24th and 5th. Anyway, so on my desk in, in this little, little right kind of eking towards me is all this stuff and and there's all of these flyers for this core conference September 24th and 5th and, and I began to look at those flyers and sometimes I look and just you know my mind kind of starts drifting and, and and as soon as I saw those I thought these are these are promotional materials like all the promotional materials for the conference are kind of invading my space and it got me just thinking that God also uses promotional materials that there's things that God uses, just like we use those flyers to promote an event and kind of highlight an event or elevate an event in somebody's mind that this is something that is special, God also uses promotional materials to elevate his people. Thank you, Betty, appreciate that. God uses, there's things that God uses to elevate us. Can I hear somebody say amen today? Are you, are you awake today? Come on, help me out. There's things that God uses to elevate his people because here's the truth, God wants you to overcome. He, he wants you to conquer. He, he wants to fill your spirit with his power. Do you believe that today? And so there's, there's things that God uses to promote his people. And just to kind of think about that, I was thinking about um, Abram and Sarai. You know, we know that God changed their names, but, but when Abram was 99 years old 
and his wife was 89 years old. They have no kids. His wife is barren. Not only is she barren, she's pretty much done. Like, she's 89. The thought of children, I mean, come on. The thought of children at my age is like, no way. I'm, I can imagine she's at 89. The thought of, of, of chasing after a toddler is probably like, you know, she's probably given up on that plan. But, but God appears to Abram when he's 99 years old, and he begins to tell him, he says, he says Abram, we're going to make a covenant. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to bless you. Uh, I'm going I'm to multiply you exceedingly. He says, and he says, as I do this, I'm gonna make a change to your name. Your, your name is Abram, which means exalted father, and I'm gonna change your name to Abraham. Somebody say Abraham. Abraham, and, and I'm gonna make you the father of many nations. All the earth is gonna be blessed because of you. I'm gonna make you exceedingly fruitful, is what, was what God says to, to Abraham. And, so, and so, so he continues on and he says, as for your wife Sarai, she, he says, he says I'm, gonna, I'm gonna bless her too. I'm gonna, I'm gonna prosper her womb. And we're not gonna call her Sarai anymore. We're gonna call her Sarah, amen. So Abram to Abraham and Sarai to Sarah. And so what God was doing was something very interesting. Because we know that God was, was changing their names, but as he was doing that, he was inserting something into their names that he was also doing. He was doing something in, the, in, in, in their name, but he was also doing something inside of them. He was doing the same thing inside of them. What, what, what God did was interesting is he introduced the fifth letter of the Hebrew alphabet. And every once in a while I like to talk about this kind of stuff because I find it extremely interesting. But the, the letter is the letter, it's called hey. Um, it's it's H E. It's the it's the, it's where we get the from. So Abraham and Sarah. So so he was inserting the fifth letter of the of the Hebrew alphabet, and and what that letter represents is that sound. That's the sound of the the, the breath of God, or, or the spirit of God, or, or the or the presence of God. We see that this same thing back in Genesis when God was creating Adam and Eve, and He breathed. What the Bible says that he, he breathed the breath of life into Adam. This is the picture of what God was doing in that moment. It's, it's the breath, it's the wind, it's the presence of God. And so when God comes to Abram at 99 years old, he says, Abram, I'm gonna take you from exalted father. And you can imagine Abram's a little bit, he's probably dealing with some anxiety over this because here he is, he's 99 years old. His name means exalted father, but he's got no kids. I mean, that's hard to deal with. Like everywhere you go, people are calling you exalted father, but you have no kids. So I'm sure he's kind of dealing with this. And God says, Abram, not only am I gonna give you kids, but I'm gonna bless you, I'm gonna multiply, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna do a, a tremendous work in your life, and the way I'm gonna do it is through my presence. I'm gonna insert the breath of God into your life. Are you with me? I'm gonna give you the spirit of God. I'm gonna give you the breath of God. And that's the same way, the same way that God did that for Abram is the same way God does it for us. You see, the presence of God, when the presence of God is there, it doesn't matter that you're 99 years old with no kids. Because God doesn't need circumstances to promote us. He doesn't need everything to line up just right. You can be 99 with no kids and still become the father of a multitude as long as you've got the presence of God working in your life. Can somebody say amen? So that tells us it doesn't matter what the doctors say. It doesn't matter what the experts conclude. When the breath of God, when the presence of God enters into a life, literally anything is possible. Do you believe that today? Anything is possible. There's another story in the Bible, a story about a guy by the name of Obed-Edom. Obed-Edom. You can pick up that story in 2 Samuel, and what's going on is, is the Bible says that the ark of the Lord, or the presence of God, was at Obed-Edom's house for three months, and, and because of that, the Lord blessed Obed-Edom and all of his household. Now, what you need to understand is what's going on in this, this portion of scripture is that David is now the king of Israel. He's just kind of assumed that role, and what David wants more than anything is he wants to transport the presence of God from where it was and bring it into the capital city because he knew, David knew, that wherever the presence of God is, there's blessing that follows. And so he's, he's attempting to bring the presence of God, the, the, the box that housed the presence of the Lord, he's attempting to bring that to, to right, right there to Jerusalem. Now we know today, thankfully, the presence of God doesn't reside in a box. 
It resides inside of us. Amen. Aren't you grateful for that? But David is, is saying, I'm going to bring the presence of God near me because I know where the presence of God is, there's blessing. And so David devises this plan. He says, what I'm going to do is I'm going to build a really nice I'm gonna build a really nice wagon. I'm gonna, I'm gonna make, the, make this beautiful cart. It's gonna be a brand new cart. It's gonna be pulled by some really good looking bulls. And, and, and so that, that's exactly what he does. He makes this nice little cart. He, he bring, goes to the presence of the Lord. They get the ark and they, they throw it on top of this cart and they begin to proceed, begin to move towards Jerusalem. And as the story goes, the oxen smell food, they get a little riled up, they begin to move around a little bit uh, erratically and all of a sudden the, 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 the cart begins to shake, the ark begins to fall and, a, and a, a nice guy by the name of Uzzah says, I don't want the ark to fall, we don't want it to break and so he reaches out to, to, to grab a hold and to stabilize this ark that held the presence of God and it, as soon as he touched it, God strikes him dead. You imagine that? I mean, David, David is, he's ticked at God at this moment. You can imagine, he's upset because he's been telling everybody how amazing the presence of God is. That wherever the presence of God is, there's blessing. And so there he is attempting to bring this, this, this great blessing into their midst, and, and all of a sudden, this box that he's been, he's been kind of talking up, as now all of a sudden, it's killing people. And so you can just kind of picture David talking to God, like, serious? Serious? Are you kidding me, God? I'm trying to bring your presence. You're killing people. You know, he's upset. He's ticked off. And so what do you do with a box that kills people? So that's David. He's faced with this question. He's got this, this box. He knows, he knows it houses the presence of God. It's a very important box. It's laying there on the side of the road. He can't leave it there. Like, you can't just leave the presence of God on the side of the road. So what are we going to do with it? So David's looking around, trying to devise a plan. He sees some guy laying there, Obed-Edom, kind of standing by, just kind of looking at him. He says, he says, Obed, come on over here. Let me talk to you. And kind of puts his arm around him and says, you know, you know what we're going to do is, you know, I, I can't have this ark sitting here in the middle of the road. And I know you just saw it kill a guy. But what I want you to do is I want you to take it to your house, all right? Let your kids play with it. Put it right there in the front room. And, and can you imagine how that conversation went? But, but that's exactly what Obed does. He takes the ark, he takes it, places it in his house, and for the next three months, literally everything about this life, everything about this guy's life was blessed. We read about it in 1 Chronicles 26, if you're part of the Bible reading plan. Just, 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 just about a couple weeks ago, we read about all these long lists of names, and I know a lot of you tap out when we start reading the names, you're like, I ain't reading this, you know, you just, but I, I think there's something that we can see even in those things. But I noticed in second, in first Chronicles 26, verse five, the Bible lists Obed-Edom and all of his sons, and then just goes out of its way to say, for God blessed him. And what's, what's so interesting is that the ark of the Lord comes to his house for three months, and in one generation, you see the blessing of God that there's 62 sons that God gives to Obed-Edom's family. They're all leaders. They're all brilliant. They're all working in the house of the Lord. They're working for King David. and They're, they're, they're leaders in the kingdom. Why? Because God blessed him. I mean, amazing, amazing blessing. So I started to think about it. What promotes us is the presence of God. What, what, what elevates us and our lives, what causes blessing in our lives is the presence of God. So what does David do? David goes to the priest and says, hey, you know, God's blessing Obed-Edom three months. Look at his life, man. Everything's happening. They're having kids like crazy. I mean, this, it's, it's nuts what God's doing there. So we got to get that ark out of Obed-Edom's house and we got to get it to Jerusalem. And so he asked the priest, well, what do I got to do? And the priest says, he said, David, the mistake you made is you put the ark on a cart followed behind some, some bulls, all right? And so the presence of God doesn't want to stare at the backside of a bull, you know, on a cart. That was never meant for that. The ark, the presence of God, was meant to be on the shoulders of, of God's people. And so, and so David says, all right. He goes, well, I'm gonna, then we'll have the, 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 we'll have the priest carry the ark. And so he sets up this whole thing, and they go get the priest, and, and, and these guys begin to carry it. And the, and the Bible says that they took six steps towards Jerusalem, and, and David said, stop. And they put the ark down, and they made sacrifices to the Lord. Made sacrifices to the Lord, which shows us that when we want the presence of God in our lives, there's a price to it. 
This is what I want you to understand today. If you, if you study scripture, which we highly encourage you to do here at Elevate Ministries, when the presence of God entered Jerusalem, the Bible says there was shouting, there, there was joy, there was rejoicing in the city. But, but here's what you need to understand. When the presence of God entered Jerusalem from that time on, in King David's reign, there, 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 God granted David victory over all of his enemies. And so when the presence of God, showing us that when the presence of God is in your life, there is no enemy you can't conquer. Oh, come on, somebody. There's, there's nothing that you can't overcome as long as the presence of God is in your life. In Christ, you are an overcomer. See, God didn't create you just to survive. He created you to thrive. He created you to thrive. You weren't meant to just pay your bills and eke through life. That's, that's not why God created you, just to work a, a nine to five, pay your bills, have a little family, go to church once in a while. That's not, that, God created you to be more than a conqueror through Christ. Are you with me today? Galatians 3.13 says this, that Christ has redeemed us from the curse. He became the curse for us. And, and why did he do that? You see that in the, in the very next verse where it says, so that we might receive, that the blessing of Abraham might come upon us in Christ Jesus. And so the reason Jesus suffered, the reason that he became the curse is not so that you can just eat through life, but so that the blessing of Abraham might come upon you. What's the blessing of Abraham? I'm gonna keep saying this until it gets down inside of your spirit. The blessing of Abraham is you've been blessed to be a blessing. God wants to overwhelm your life to the point you're able to bless someone else. So God says to Abraham, at 99, you are Abram, which means, the, which means exalted father, but I'm making you Abraham, which means father of multitudes, and the way it's gonna happen is through my presence. So when the breath of God comes into your life, when the spirit of God, the presence of God comes, promotion happens. Let the weak say, I am strong. Let the poor say, I am rich. You see it with Abraham. You see it with Obed-Edom. You've seen it with King David. The presence of God brings promotion. I thought you'd be really excited about that. Anywhere the presence of God is, there is freedom, there is prosperity, there is liberty, there is joy, there is peace. Come on, somebody. Wherever the presence of God is, you have promotion. Somebody give the Lord some praise for that. Now, uh, that's all well and exciting, but I love that. I love all of that. But what is the promotional material then? Well, we know the presence of God is the thing that elevates us, right? We know that that's what God uses to elevate us, but what are the things that God uses to activate his presence? Because, because his presence, it, it, it sounds awesome, like we can just kind of we can enter into the presence and all this kind of stuff, but, but here's the thing, just like David understood and found out, there is a price to the presence of God. You can see this even in the life of Jesus. Jesus, the Bible says that he was, he was filled with the Holy Spirit, and then the Bible says in Luke 4 that he was led by the Holy Spirit into the wilderness. How many ever been into the wilderness before? That place of the dryness, that place of barrenness. Well, here's Jesus. The Bible says that the spirit or the presence of God took him into the wilderness where he was tempted by the devil for 40 days. And in those days he ate nothing. And afterward he was hungry. And so what, what does that, what that, anytime you don't eat, you're hungry. But after 40 days, when the Bible says Jesus is hungry, basically what it's saying is he's starving to death. This is what's going on. His, he is so weak. And we know that anytime you're weak, that's where Satan attacks. That's the time he comes in. And so, so we see that right here in Jesus' weakest moment, Satan comes in, he, he tempts the Lord, and we know Jesus overcomes, by, by the word of the Lord, he overcomes the devil. And the Bible says in verse 14 that when Jesus returned from the wilderness, he returned in the power, somebody say power, he returns in the power of the Spirit. So we see this, the presence of God sometimes will lead you into a place that's not so great. Sometimes the, the presence of a God, God will allow you to get yourself in a location where you're at your weakest. 
But, but it's in those times that God's actually doing something inside of your spirit. He's, he's doing something inside of the weakest part of who you are. It's, it's in, in our weakness that God is our strength, right? And so there's a price to the power. There's a price to the presence. I call this promotional material. Promotional material. Because, because the moment you give your life to Christ, what happens to you is a miracle happens. You give your life to Christ, all of a sudden the Holy Spirit is dispatched to you. Aren't you grateful for the Spirit of God, right? The Holy Spirit is dispatched, and the reason the Holy Spirit comes to you is to develop the kingdom of God inside of you. And so you can see when someone has given their life to Christ, their life begins a process of change, right? There's a journey that that life begins to go on, and, and God is developing a kingdom person. He's developing the kingdom of God inside of you. And during that, during that time, during that journey, the Holy Spirit will oftentimes lead you to places because, it's, because the Spirit is trying to promote you. The Holy Spirit is trying to develop something, some, 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 something, some strength inside of you. Why was Jesus led by the Spirit into the wilderness so that he could return with power? That's the answer. Oftentimes, the Spirit will do the same thing to you. It'll allow you, it'll take you to places. This is the promotional material, the problems and the different difficulties that we, that we go through. I call this the promotional material because, because it's these things that attract the presence of God into our lives. Are you with me today? Jesus never needed easy because easy never needed Jesus. All right? That, that, that's what we're talking about today. We're talking about promotional material. So, so the first thing I wanna say, the statement I wanna make today is adversity equals elevation. Adversity equals elevation. Here's the thing, all of us hate adversity. There's no one in here that says, oh man, I love adversity. I, I just love trials. I, I love going through hard times. None of us here say that. Matter of fact, we all hate adversity. How many of you hate adversity? All right, but that's what God uses to elevate us. You ever notice that? It's, those, it's, the, it's the adversity God uses. The defining moment for, for David was, was what? It was defeating Goliath. It was, it was taking down a giant. What took David from just being a shepherd boy herding some, some sheep to become the king over all of Israel? The distinction between the shepherd and the king happened when he let go of that stone toward Goliath's forehead. Are you with me today? All of the military men had stepped back from the adversity. David stepped up in a time of adversity and that's what God used to elevate him. Are you with me today? The Bible says in 1 Samuel 17 that David goes to, he goes to Saul, the, 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 the current king, and he says, Saul, look, I've killed a lion, I, I've killed a bear, and this uncircumcised Philistine is gonna be just like one of them. And then we know the story that David ends up taking the head off of this massive giant and, and, and cutting it off, all right? Now, here's what I want, I want, want you to stop and see. What is Satan's end game? What, what's his goal? What's he trying to do? John 10, 10 tells us, right? The Bible says that the thief doesn't come except for to do what? To steal, to kill, and to destroy. Satan comes to steal, to kill, and to destroy. How many have known that, have know, know that to be true in your own life? Like you can see the work of the enemy, he wants to steal from you, he wants to rob you, and he wants to, he wants to, he wants to kill your destiny, he wants to destroy your future, he, he wants to steal your family. He, that's what Satan's job is. He works overtime to do just those things. Now, I remember growing up in church, and this scripture was, whenever every time they talked about this scripture, or any time we were at church, it seemed like we were talking about the devil. That's just what we talked about. I remember being a young man, hearing about the devil this, the devil that, and they were talking about, at the time, one of the big things was Ouija boards. You know, and you could talk to the devil and call spirits, and you know it was a it was a game, and I I would say stay away from it. Never played it in my life, but but the Ouija boards, the devil is is inside the inside of the the board game and and craziness. So that kind of freaked me out a little bit. But I remember I remember they talk about the devils in the music, 
And there was this, I remember I, watched, I listened to this one like cassette tape and talking about how the devil was in music. I remember Matt, Matt and I used to, and, and you know, if anything, it made me want to hear the devil music a little bit because they, 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 would, they, would, they, would, they would play the song backwards and hidden inside the song were these demonic messages. How crazy is that? Backward masking and, and somehow the devil was in the drum beat. If you listened carefully, you could hear demons laughing in the music and all this stuff. And, and I, I remember thinking as a kid, like, dude, the devil's everywhere. Like, like, like it's, kind of, it's kind of scary, you know, like you'd hear so much about the devil, you would assume like, man, where's God in all of this? Like is God, he's on a break, he, he's on sabbatical. And it seemed like the devil was like really super powerful and the church was just kind of hoping that, 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 that the devil would just leave us alone, you know, that we wouldn't have to deal with any of that. But what I want you to notice is that Satan's plan is to do what? Is to steal, to kill, and to destroy. And that's why I love the story of David and Goliath because David, speaking to Goliath, and he tells Goliath, hey, hey, dude, today, I'm gonna remove your head from your body, and I'm gonna feed your carcass to the birds of the air and the beasts of the field. Now, I love that so much because David said that, and he didn't have a sword in his hand. Let me tell you, it's probably difficult to remove someone's head from their body without some sort of sharp object. Like he can't gnaw off someone's head from their body. Like that, that's, that, that, that's literally impossible. And so David is speaking to a giant and saying, today I'm taking off your head, I'm, I'm removing your head from your body and I don't even have the resources to do it. Which tells me that the need in front of you is always greater than the resources that are with you. Like I'll tell you this over and over again. You're always, the need that's in front of you is always gonna be greater than the resources that are with you. So what did David do? David took Goliath's sword. He took Goliath's sword. When you take something that doesn't belong to you, what is that called? That's right, it's called stealing, all right? And then, and, and then when, you, when you think about the story, David, he takes that sling, he's got that stone in it, he lets it go, he plants that rock in Goliath's forehead, so he's got a, he's got a rock protruding from his dome, he, he's, he's there laying on the battlefield, and that, that is called a kill shot. And so not only did David steal Goliath's sword, but he also did what? He also killed him. And then he took Goliath's sword and he, he held it up and he, he cut off this giant's head. He lifted it up for all of the battle to see. And then like Kelly Lorke said, he drank the blood, all right, which is not in the Bible, but it's pretty cool to, to picture, all right? And so that, that, what he just did was what? He, he stole the sword, he did the kill shot, and now he's destroyed the body of the, the enemy. Which, which shows us what David just did was he flipped the script. All right, what he, what he was facing was adversity. What he was facing was a problem. What the, what the devil meant for evil, God turned it around for the good. And so while Satan's aim is to steal, to kill, and to destroy, that adversity, as Satan attempts to do that in our lives, that adversity is meant to elevate you because, because God's called you to walk in authority. Come on, he, he's called you to walk in power. Somebody shout amen today. You think about the, the, the seven letters to the seven churches, if you've ever read Revelation. And the Bible says, blessed is everyone who reads Revelation. So I, I suggest you do it once in a while. But when you're reading the beginning of that book, Revelations two and three, in that area, God begins to, to, to write letters to the churches. He's speaking to the churches. And, and all of these letters are very similar in nature. They have a, they have a rhythm to them. And, and you'll recognize it. He'll, he'll talk to the church, at the, the, this particular church, and he'll say, everyone who has ears, let them hear what the Spirit is saying to the churches. And then the next words that you read, literally to, every, to all seven churches, the next words you read is, to him who overcomes, I will give. And so God's trying to speak to the church, and he's trying to speak to us about overcoming. Tries to speak to us. He says, he says if, you, if you overcome, to him who overcomes, I'm gonna, give you, I'm gonna give you the right to eternal life. To him who overcomes, I'm gonna give you a brand new name. To him who overcomes, I'm gonna put a, right, a white robe on him. To him who overcomes, I'm gonna give authority over the nations. This is something that God's trying, it's a picture he's trying to paint that, that, that our mandate, what God's called us to do, what the Spirit is trying to do inside of us is make us overcomers. 
Are you hearing this today? And I think this is, this is something the church has missed because we spend a lot of time talking about how in Romans three it says that we've all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. And for sure, everyone in here is a sinner. We've all sinned, how many, how many recognize that? We've all made serious mistakes and we know, we know that because we, we, we've sinned, we need a savior. In Romans eight, we know about, that the Bible says that there's no condemnation to those who are in Christ. And so when we sin, the Bible says that, that he has given us, a, he, he's given us an advocate or, or someone that will stand in our place to plead our case. And so I'm so grateful today that because I'm a sinner, because I've fallen short, that God sent a savior, right, Jesus, who stood in my place, gave his life, died on a cross so that I could be forgiven. Aren't you grateful today to stand forgiven? Come on, aren't you grateful today to stand forgiven? Every one of us, we're forgiven. We're forgiven, all of us, every one of us, we, we, we've all been forgiven. And so when we sin, God says we have forgiveness. Aren't you grateful for that? But here's, I think, a place that a lot of, a lot of people get stuck. I mean, it's a great place to be stuck. If you're gonna get stuck somewhere, this is a great place to get stuck. But here's the truth. The devil doesn't mind you camping there. The devil doesn't mind you just camping around this idea that when I sin, I get forgiveness. And so I can still, I can deal with the same problem over and over and over again. I can have the same issues, the same temptations, I can fight the same battles, I, and every time I fail or fall short or sin, I can get forgiveness. And so because, because of people getting stuck here, they never get beyond it. And so dealing with the same problem, the same sin, the same temptation, the same family problem over and over and over again, and we just find ourselves stuck. And thankfully, we get forgiveness. But listen, that's not, that's not all God wants to do in your life. That's not all God has for you. So there is forgiveness when we sin. But here's what you need to understand. There is promotion when we overcome. So thank God we get forgiveness when we sin. But here's, we're not, we're not, just to, we're not meant to stay there, stuck there, no, no. We're meant to move beyond that. We're meant to overcome sin. Not just receive forgiveness from it, but beat it. Come on, overcome it. Because whatever you overcome, you dispossess. In other words, whatever you overcome, it's no longer theirs, it's now yours. You have authority over it. Many of you have probably, I'm not a video game guy, so I couldn't even give you a name of a game that, that does this, but I know they exist. That, that when you're fighting an enemy and you defeat that enemy, you get his stuff. So now you have his weapons. That's the same way that it works in the kingdom of God. Whatever you overcome, you dispossess. You see this in the story of, 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 of David and Goliath. You see, what does David do? He dispossesses his enemy with his sword. You see it, you see it again, a guy by the name of Beniah. You guys have heard the story of Beniah. Beniah is a great, a great, one of David's mighty men. Uh, if you read about Beniah, you know he's the one that went down into a pit on a lion on a snowy day and only one of them was getting out of that pit, and Benaiah happened to be the one. He defeated a lion down in a pit on a snowy day, an amazing guy. But, but if you continue to read about this guy, he did a lot of different things, one of which was going up against a nine-foot Egyptian giant. Can you imagine picking a fight with a nine-foot tall Egyptian? Like, how, how crazy it is. So the Bible tells us the story that Benaiah, all he had when he fought this, this giant was a staff. And so this Egyptian, what he had in his hand was a spear, and the Bible says that Benaiah took the spear from the giant, dispossessed the spear from the giant, and killed the Egyptian giant with his own sword, which shows us that whatever you overcome, you have power over. You, you, you dispossess. Benaiah went in with a staff, he came out with a sword. David went up against Goliath with just some stones, he came out with Goliath's stone. So whatever you overcome, this is why God's called you to be an overcomer. Yes, yes. Come on, he doesn't, God doesn't want you fighting with the same problem over and over and over. He wants to give you authority over that. He wants to make you an overcomer over that. You don't need to, you don't need to deal with depression and anxiety over and over. And God wants to put his presence inside of you. He's, he's given that problem to you, not to just forget forgiveness, but to overcome. Come on, you are more than an overcomer. Somebody shout amen. Here's the thing about problems. 
Problems do something. They activate power. We don't like problems. How many have a problem right now in your life? Come on, let me see your hands. Come on, every one of us. Probably in one way or another, all of us have problems. We have relationship problems, financial problems. Some of you are going back to school. You're having school problems. We have problems with our kids. We have problems with our spouse. We have problems with our house. We have problems with our health. Come on, we have problems with our wealth. We have, we, we have, we have problems. And, and you know, you start to think about all the different things that we have to go through as human beings. It's, you start to think like, man, I wish there was a place. I was thinking that as I was writing this message this week, I wish there was a place there was no problems. How many wish there was a place that you could go to, no problems? As I was thinking about it, I, I realized there is a place like that. Yeah, come on, somebody say amen. There's a place like that. It's a place that has these wonderful green pastures, beautiful lush grass, stones and iron gates. Joe works at a place like this, it's called Rose Hills. It's beautiful. And what you know is all the people that are there, they've got no more problems. They've got no more problems. But, but as long as you are alive, you're going to have problems. Did you hear that? As long as you are alive, you are going to have problems. The reason we have the New Testament in our Bibles is because Paul was writing letters to churches and he was confronting their problems. The, the, whole, the, whole, the whole, every letter was written to address problems that were going on in the church. We look at the life of Jesus. Why was Jesus able to perform so many miracles? I'll tell you why. Because people brought to Jesus their problems. All right, are you with me today? They, there was a paralyzed man. Jesus is just happily teaching. It's one of those great days. He's just happily doing ministry. He's, he's, in, a, he's in, a, in a house capacity crowd, everybody's on the edge of their seat, Jesus is spitting knowledge, everybody's having a great time, and all of a sudden, there, there's like this, this rumble that begins to happen above the roof, and you know, clods of dirt are falling on the ground, all of a sudden a foot pops through, and, and four guys are eat you, eat you, eat you, lowering down their friend on a mat, what were they doing? They were, they were dropping in front of Jesus their problem. You think about the 5,000 people who had all come to hear Jesus speak, Jesus is just having a great time with them, but all of a sudden the disciples are like, God, Jesus, these people are hungry. Let's send them away. And Jesus says, no, you feed them. I mean, all throughout the Bible, you, 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 you realize that, that there's problem after problem after problem. And, and many times the disciples would say something like this, Jesus, this is too big of a problem. Send them away, this is, this is too big. But there's nothing that's too big for God. And so I know in your life, you, many of you are faced with different problems, different challenges. Every miracle that you read about in the Bible was a problem first. Every miracle was preceded by a problem. And we see problems as negatives, but God sees problems as opportunities. God looks at your life and the different things that you're facing, and he sees it as an opportunity that he can fix. You think about Samson. How many love to read about Samson? Samson was one of the judges. You read about him in Judges chapter 14. And, and every time you read about him, every, the spirit of the Lord would come upon him only when there was a problem. And so in, in chapter, chapter 14, verse five, the Bible said Samson's just kind of hanging out in the vineyards. He's just having a good day. And to his surprise, out jumps a lion. How many of you know if you get faced with a lion, that's a problem, right? It's a problem. He's not at the zoo, he's in the wild. The Bible says that when, the, when he was presented with the problem of this line, the Bible says the spirit of the Lord came mightily upon him, he tore them apart. Another time you can read about Samson in chapter 15. The Bible says that, that the Israelites had, had basically made a deal with, with the devil. They, they started making a deal with the Philistines. They were tired of trying to stand up to this tyrannical government they, they, they said, don't you realize that these guys rule over us? Or, they, they were just tired of fighting. And so just to keep the peace, they said, you know what, we'll hand over Samson to you. So the Bible says that, the, that, that, that Samson's own people, they, they tied him up and handed him over to 6,000 Philistines that came to arrest Samson. It's 6,000 against one. How many know that's a problem? That's a problem. 
And the Bible says that, that, that when he was there, all of a sudden, in the midst of that problem, the Spirit of the Lord came mightily upon him. The ropes that held him bound popped off like flax. And he picked up a jawbone and he just began to, he just began to go to town. And, and the Bible says he kills a thousand men. Meanwhile, the other 5,000 are running for their lives. You see, see, God doesn't view problems the same way we do. God looks at problems as an opportunity. Every time there's a problem, the Spirit wants to come upon you, wants to do something, wants to elevate you. You know, in my life, God's sneaky. You know, because, you know, in my life, you know, I, I, maybe, maybe you would think, um, you know, becoming a pastor sounds like a good idea. And, and listen, I'm blessed, I love my life, I love doing what I'm doing, I love, I love feeling the call of God and the ability to minister to people. But no one ever tells you, hey Adam, for the rest of your life, not only are you gonna have your own problems to deal with, but everybody's gonna bring their problems to you. You're gonna have to try and work through everyone else's problems too. And sometimes that could be a little bit overwhelming, problems. I know some of you today, right now, your life, what you're facing, things that you're going through, it just seems overwhelming. Maybe, maybe for you, you just having trouble overcoming a certain temptation, a certain sin in your life. And, and yes, you can come to the Lord and you receive forgiveness, but you just seem like, it just, you just feel like a failure because you keep, kind of keep re-going, kind of just kind of going around and around the same problem. You just feel stuck. I wanna tell you something. It's the problem that God uses to elevate you, to promote you. You think about Solomon, he has a dream. God gives him a dream and says, says, Solomon, you can have anything you want, what do you want? Solomon thinks about it in his dream and says, God, I'm not as experienced as my dad. I don't, I don't have the knowledge that he had. So what I need more than anything else is I need wisdom. I need wisdom to know what to do in certain situations. And Solomon wakes up the next day and he realizes, oh, that was just a dream. Man, I wish, I wish that would have been real. Like, I wish I could, could have that wisdom that I asked for. But he realized it's just a dream, but then right that, that moment, people come in and they present this crazy problem to Samson. You got women fighting, they're, they're, they're fighting over a baby and, and, and Samson is able to, to, to look at the problem and with amazing wisdom, he's able to offer a solution. And the Bible says that because of his wisdom, that God was able to promote him in the eyes of all the people. You see, that's what God uses, God uses problems. It's the promotional material that he uses to elevate your life. And I, I wanna challenge some of you in your thinking today. I wanna I want, I want want challenge, because a lot of times when we go through, through problems and we, we're, we're, we're struggling uh, to, to, to figure things out, our, 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 our initial reaction is just to kind of blame God and we, get, we feel like maybe throwing in the towel, giving up on, 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 on the problem, giving up on the relationship, giving up on the belief, giving up on the miracle. And I, I'm challenging you because elevation comes from adversity. And what you overcome, God gives you authority over. You can dispossess and problems produce power in your life, in your life, amen. Amen, maybe we could just close our eyes all over this room for a second. Let's just allow the Holy Spirit maybe to, to, to work in your life. Sometimes the Spirit, just like, G, just like the Spirit did with Jesus, sometimes the Spirit of God will lead you into situations, will lead you into a wilderness or a barrenness or a dryness. Sometimes the Spirit will lead you, but he, He's not there just to leave you into that, in that, in that wilderness, but the Spirit will also lead you out. And just like the Spirit led Jesus out with power, when you go through a wilderness, you go through a hard time, oftentimes when the Spirit leads you out, you have different levels of power in your life, a different level of anointing because God's trying to build something in you. He's trying to promote you. What you overcome, you dispossess. God knows this. Whatever you overcome, you have authority over. What does the Bible say? It says that in my name, you can cast out devils. In my name, you, you can speak with new tongues. In my name, you can lay hands on the sick. The Bible says they will recover. In my name, you, 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 can, you, you won't be affected by any deadly thing. Listen, you weren't created to just come to church and take up a seat, listen to a message, and just kind of go back to your life. Let me tell you, you were created to be a warrior for Christ. 
You were created to break chains. Are you hearing me today? You were created to be an overcomer. And, and that means you don't have to live under what God's called you to rule over. You don't have to live under the power of sin. How many recognize that? You don't have to live under, I don't care how hard it is, how, how difficult the temptation is. I don't care how hard you've struggled and maybe it's kind of been part of your past. Listen, God has given you authority over that. All you need to do is overcome. It's the promotional material that God's sending your way to give you authority because what you have authority over, what you overcome, you dispossess. You dispossess. To him who overcomes, I will give eternal life and revelation. To him who overcomes, I will give the nations. To him who overcomes, I will place a new robe on. Oh, this is, this is, this is our God. I think about it. Think about the prodigal son. And I, I want to just close with this prodigal son has a problem he's made a mess of his life he's spent his entire inheritance he's homeless he has nowhere to go big problem all of a sudden he has this idea maybe I could return to my father's house and so the Bible says he starts making his way to his father's house he his father sees him from a long ways ways off comes running towards him wraps his arm around him. We know this story, it's a tremendous story. But one of the things in that text that I, I think is pretty awesome is that the father begins to, to call for different things. He puts a ring on his hand and calls for a party. He does a lot of different things. But one of the things he does is he looks at his son who's wearing a garment, probably the same garment that he left the house with. But now this garment is torn, it's covered in pig slop. I mean, he's made a mess, it stinks. And so, so the father does something interesting. He, he doesn't say, hey, uh, bring a clean robe for my son. He doesn't say a clean robe. He doesn't even say, hey, hey, get a brand new robe for my son. He doesn't say, I want a new robe, I want a clean robe. That's not what the father calls for. He says, he says, he says this, he says, bring the best robe, the best robe. You see, listen, I think this speaks to us a little bit because a lot of times we, we think, well, you know, you know all, all, what God's interested in is, is, is me getting clean and, 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 and me, you know, uh, getting, becoming a new creation. But that's not what the Father says. He says, I want you to bring the best robe. In other words, God, God's, not just, not, God's not only interested in you becoming clean. He's not only interested in you becoming a new creation. He's interested in you becoming the best that he has for you. He's interested in you experiencing the best. And sometimes that means we gotta go through some stuff. Sometimes that means we gotta, we gotta, we, we gotta go through some problems. We gotta, we, gotta, we gotta swim around with some pigs or whatever the case may be. But God, God, what God's trying to do in your life is he's trying to draw out the best in you. The, the Spirit led Jesus in the wilderness, but also led him out of the wilderness with power. God wants to do the same thing in your life. Maybe right now in your life, you're struggling to overcome something. Something in your life, you're struggling, and you've received forgiveness, God's forgiven you, and you know that, and we celebrate that. Thank God for the blood of Jesus. It washes as white as snow, and forgives us of our sin. I'm so grateful for that, but you aren't meant to just kind of be in that never-ending circle of, well, I'll sin, and then I'll get forgiveness. Well, I'll sin, and I'll get, you're meant to be an overcomer. You're meant to overcome. So maybe today, inside of your life, I'm, I'm, I'm making this a call right now for you, you're saying, you know what? God's called me to be an overcomer. I'm struggling with the same problem over and over and over again. It's a relationship problem. It's a, it's a financial problem. It's a temptation problem. I'm struggling with the same sin, battling the same over and over and over again. Thank God for forgiveness. But let me tell you something. God wants you to overcome and dispossess. He wants to give you authority over that thing. Maybe you're here right now and you say, that's me. That's me. I want to overcome. I, I know I'm called to be an overcomer. I'm tired of dealing with the same problem over and over again. I want to be an overcomer. If that's you stand your feet all of this room come on come on stand your feet all of this room come on stand right there right there right there right there come on I want to be an overcomer right there right there come on come on he's getting what you overcome you have power over you have power you dispossess come on think of David grabbing Goliath's sword he's now he's now what the enemy meant for evil that's how God turns it around for your good he, he the enemy comes to steal to kill and to destroy and God wants you to give you the authority to do the same to the devil's word come on you're saying right now I need to overcome this area of my life you'd stand 
stand to your feet all over this room. Come on, God wants to touch you today. He wants to get, He wants to make you more than an overcomer through Christ. Come on, right now in Jesus' name. If that's you, you've stand to your feet. Come on, come down to this altar. Let's pray together. Come on, everyone. Everyone that's standing right now. Come on, you're an overcomer through Christ. Come on, come down to this altar. Don't talk to your neighbor. Come on, let's get let's get serious with God. Come on, step out of your chairs. Let's come down. Let's pray. Let's believe God. Let's believe God for breakthrough. Come on, over sin, over problems, over principalities and powers that's been a part of your family year after year after year. You're saying, enough's enough. I'm going to overcome this. I'm going to overcome this. God's given me the power to overcome in Jesus' name. Come on, lift your hands all over this room. All over this room, let's pray. Let's worship the Lord. Come on. Sing the darkest night, the darkest night. You can light up, you can light up. Death is overcome. You've already won. Come on, right now, right now. Come on, right now, and you know, I just want every person that's altered, just close your eyes all over this place. I should close this, close your eyes. That struggle, that problem, that thing that's been, that's been tormenting you, you have the authority over it. You have the authority, and you say, well, Adam, how is that possible? The Bible says that Jesus made the statement. He said, all authority has been given to me. The very next scripture, Jesus sends out his disciples and gives them authority. Well, how is that possible? How did, how did Jesus say, I have all authority, and now all of a sudden his disciples have the authority? Let me tell you how. They were obedient. As soon as the disciples did what God called them to do, as soon as they took that first step, they were now walking in obedience, and, they, and because of their obedience, they now, they, the, the, the authority that Jesus had is transferred to them. It's transferred to them. Now, as they were walking, they were walking under the authority that Jesus has. Let me tell you what happens. When you obey what God says, you, 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 all, you, get, the, you get the authority. When you obey, as soon as your obedience is put into action, you are now walking in the same authority. Jesus said, all authority, somebody say all. All authority has been given to me. And let me tell you something, when you obey, that same amount of authority, which is all, is given to you, is given to you. That the enemy does not have power over you. That sin no longer has power over you. You are not meant to, you're not meant to live under what God's called you to rule over. You're meant to rule over that temptation. Come on, if it's a sin issue right here, all the, if you're, if you're here this morning and there's a, and you're down, you're saying, I need to overcome this area of sin in my life. Come on, if that's you, I want you to say right now, I have, over, I have overcome the, the darkness. I've overcome this temptation. I will overcome. You've made me an overcomer in Christ. Lord, I'm sorry. I repent. I recognize there's forgiveness for my sin, but I recognize, Lord, that you've called me not to just have forgiveness, Lord, but you've called me to be an overcomer. And Lord, when I overcome, I have authority over. And so so in Jesus' name, I, I, I call down the power of God that's been given to me. I, I speak an authoritative voice, and I say, Satan, get behind me. You do not have power over me any longer. I will not, I will not be, fall victim to the vices. I will not fall victim to the temptation. Lord, you've called me to rule over it in Jesus' name. Come on. Come on. I want you to pray right now. In Jesus' name, Lord. In Jesus' name. I'm more than a conqueror through Christ. I'm more than a conqueror in Christ. Christ in Jesus name come on God wants to set you free he wants to set you free in this room say that's me Lord set me free God I want to walk in freedom Lord in Jesus name thank you Lord
anybody that's here in this altar, lift your hands up. Come on. Come on, lift your hands up. I want you to focus right now. Focus right now. Lord Jesus, I want you to pray this out. Say, Lord Jesus, I thank you that the moment I gave my life to you, your presence entered. The Holy Spirit was dispatched to my heart. Come on, the Holy Spirit was dispatched to my heart. Say it. And the kingdom is being developed in me. And so today I thank you. Come on, say it out loud. I thank you. I thank you for the difficulties. I thank you for the trials. I thank you for the problems that I face. Because I recognize those are the things that you're using to lead me into the power that I have in you. And thank you today, Lord, that I can overcome, that I can defeat the enemy, all of his temptation, the different problems and trials. Lord, they're not meant to take me down. They're not meant to, for me to stay under. They're meant for me to rule over. Come on, say it. They're meant for me to rule over. And so in Jesus' name, by the power you put inside of me, I thank you that I'm more than a conqueror. I thank you that I am an overcomer. And so in this, in this day, I make a decision. I will not be defeated. I will not allow the lie of the enemy to speak negatively into my mind, but I recognize you're taking me somewhere. You're producing something inside of me. Lord, raise me up. Come on, say it. Lord, raise me up. Elevate me. Make me more like you. Lord, I thank you that as you came out of the wilderness, you came out with power. And today, say it, come on. And today, Lord, I thank you what you're taking me through is going to bring me out in power. Lord, what I have power over, what I have authority over, I, I, I dispossess. Lord, you're trying to give me strength. You're trying to give me weapons, Lord, that are, that are not carnal, but are mighty for pulling down strongholds. Lord, you're giving me the power over the enemy, and nothing shall by any means stop me. Lord, I thank you for that in Jesus' name. Come on, begin to thank the Lord. Thank you, Lord. You begin to power over darkness. You begin to power over the enemy, the lies of the enemy. Come on, thank you. Thank you, Jesus. Come on. Thank you, Lord. Come on. Thank you, Lord. In my darkest night, you're the light, Lord. In Jesus' name, thank you, Lord. Let you can light it up. Come on, lift your hands and say, you can light it up. Let hope arise. Come on, death. Death is overcome. You know, you've already won. God of freedom. Sing one more time. Yeah. The darkest night. You can light it up. I mean, does it get better and better every time Pastor Adam comes up here and delivers the word of God? It does not, it is not hard to spot a man anointed by God, amen? I mean, I think about what Pastor Adam said when he was up here, that he has to pastor, and at the same time, he goes through his own problems, 
And you know, I've been thinking about him lately. I've been thinking about how him and Bryn have been at the Whittier Church. I've gone to help only once or twice, and I know some of us have volunteered, and thank you so much for that. But I think about Pastor Adam, he's out there with Bryn, and they're laboring and, 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 and pulling carpet and, and painting and, and kingdom building. Talk about the presence of God, huh? Talk about walking in the presence of God. Talk about promotion. I mean, the benefits of God, there is nothing like the benefits of God. You need a job, then kingdom build, because the benefits of God are just amazing, huh? They, they, they overshadow every, and every benefit. And it's just, it reminds me of what Pastor Adam said today. It reminds me of, of, of some of our lives. We've come from drugs and alcohol. We've come without no education. Some of us high school dropouts. Some of us uh, just come from broken homes. But the minute that you call on God, he's there to meet you. And he's ready to promote you. I mean, he starts to establish a young kid. Like, like I'll, I'll use myself here. At 15 years old who had a son with my wife, involved in gangs and, and, and drugs. But the minute that I called out to him, he was, come on kid, let's go. Let's go. I'm gonna show you how to be a dad. I'm gonna show you how to be a husband. And it's like that for some of you. Some of you, it's like, you know what? I, I didn't graduate, but I got the presence of God. I don't have a master's, but I'm gonna walk into the corporate office and I'm gonna apply for that job because I got the presence of God. And greater is he that is in me than he that is of the world, amen? And that is the presence of God. He's ready to promote. And no matter what, no matter what, let me leave you with this thought. Maybe you've backslidden. Maybe, maybe you feel inadequate. Read the word of God. Because every hero in the Bible had something wrong with them. But God continuously was there and loved them and continuously promoted them. Amen? God has a call upon your life and you are so special to God. Don't let the enemy rob you. Don't let him lie to you. Let me tell you, whatever you're going through, it's time to elevate. It's time to walk and grab onto the promises of God and say, God, you are my God and I am a child of yours, and I will hold on to your promises. Elevate Ministries, we love you. We are so thankful that you come here. I wanna encourage you to keep uh, in prayer. Come every Sunday, every Wednesday. We have prayer on Saturday morning. You wanna fight a battle. Some of you might wanna be pastors in the future or, or leaders or whatever it may be. It starts with prayer holding on to the promises of God and bringing it. Start to pray for your, your churches that you have in mind. Start to pray for a city. Start to pray for your territory. Your territory cannot, it's not just church building, it's your family. It's your children, your marriages. Pray for your pastors, amen? Pray for our worship team who comes up here and strings on the guitar and sings every, every Sunday, every Wednesday. You know what? Give yourself a round of applause because you are special. Anyways, I'm going to close up because if not, I'm going to do a second double uh, service here. So let me close up in prayer. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for today. We thank you for the word of God. We thank you for your word and for what you're doing in our pastor Adam and, and, and sister Carrie. We thank you, Lord. Bless their lives. Bless them tremendously for everything that they do. And Lord, bless your people, your beautiful people here at Elevate Ministries and everybody that's watching online. God, I pray as they go forth this week, God, that they would start to take ground, start to take territory. And Lord, that your presence would be with them and that your favor would be upon their lives wherever they go. Lord, I pray this upon your people. Bless them throughout the week. We love you. We thank you, and we give you all the glory in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. God bless you, Olivet Ministries. Take care, and have a wonderful Sunday.